for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up your whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the day of evil, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on a breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. You can be seated. Uh, and Heavenly Father, we love you so much, and we are so grateful to be here this morning in, in this context, in, in this freedom that we have to gather and talk about you. God, I just pray that you would be here with us, that you would, uh, you would somehow communicate your love through this, this time, that you would somehow communicate to us something that we can do to be closer to you and to live a better life for you. And, and in all things, God, would you bring us more freedom and more joy. Amen. Um, like I said, uh, I really am grateful to be here. Um, when Mike asked me, I, I think I said yes before he finished his sentence. Um, I, I really, really admire what you guys have done. Um, like the video said, uh, Mike and I have been able to hang out for a long time together and uh, done youth ministry together, and I really admire Mike. And when he said, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about starting this thing, and, um, and uh, it's, it's going to be, you know, he started telling me about it, I said, man, that's awesome. That is so great. I, I'm so proud of you guys to reach our community and just take the next step towards Jesus together. I love it. And, um, and I'm happy to be here. And uh, Mike, if you're listening to this later or watching the video, thank you so much. I really appreciate the, our friendship and I appreciate uh, this opportunity. So, um, so yeah, um, let me tell you a little bit about me. Uh, my name's Tony and I am the, the youth minister at the Church of Christ. Um, down the road a little bit. Um, I've been here in Los Alamos for uh, about seven years. I grew up here and then I, I moved away and, and came back. I've been uh, back ministering for about seven years in this town and um, geez, I guess like, uh, what, like 17 years as a full-time youth minister, almost 17 years um, altogether. So um, I may be the oldest youth minister you know. Um, but um, so I moved here and, and, and started doing youth ministry with Mike, and, and uh, we've had a lot of good times. And uh, I've had some, some different things that's been happening in my life recently, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. Um, but what we're going to talk about today is the shield of faith. And if, if I'm correct, you guys have been working through the, the armor of God, and what a great thing to do. We're going to talk about the shield of faith. And uh, we're going we're gonna to jump into that in, in just a minute. But what I, would you hand me the next slide, Tara? This is um, kind of the thesis statement of this um, section of Scripture. Therefore, put on your full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you can stand your ground. Um, and so I'm going to talk to you about how the shield of faith prepares us to stand our ground in the day of evil. Um, and this is something that probably most of us, if not all of us, could stand up here and preach. I don't have any, you know, any corner on the market on the day of evil or suffering or, or hard times. I think we could all probably 
um, have some stories about that. But I'm going to tell you about, about some of my stories and how the Shield of Faith has helped me. So uh, probably less sermon as far as just, you know, text, scripture by scripture, but more storytelling. Um, yeah, stand our ground. Let's stand our ground together. Um, so let me ask you, when the day of evil comes for you, how did you get, how did you do? And, and a rhetorical question, but how did you do? Did you, were you able to stand? Were you able to hold on to that faith? Did you, did you see the fiery darts come in and, and were you able to hold that, hold that shield up? Um, so I gotta tell you, with me, it's been a mixed bag, right? Um, so I'm gonna tell you one story. It started back in about 2009. We, uh, as a family, had um, had just had we have a six-month-old baby in the house. We had two other older boys, and we adopted a 12-year-old girl out of um, foster care. Um, and January 2009, um, my wife Z um, started having some headaches and and some kind of weird things going on. So we go to the doctor. And um, and they run some tests, and she had some some elevated numbers in some areas, and so they suspected that she had brain cancer. And so they said, um, yeah, you probably have brain cancer, and you have a, an appointment tomorrow at the cancer clinic in Santa Fe. And so we spent the night thinking that uh, she probably wasn't going to live very much longer. Um, uh, brain cancer, as a lot of you know, is a pretty aggressive, terrible thing to get. Um, and so that was a pretty, a pretty rough night for us as a family. I remember we just when we got the we got the phone call, we we're on our way back home, um, and we just we just had to pull over and we just wept together. You know, it was just devastating. Um, so we get to our our next appointment the next day, and she said, "Well, good news is not brain cancer." And so, um, thank God. But she was diagnosed with this uh, blood disorder called essential thrombocythemia. Um, that means, uh, thrombocythemia means that you have elevated platelets. Uh, so, you, without getting too technical about it, your blood has white blood cells and red blood cells and platelets. And platelets are what make your blood scab when you get cut. She had too many of those, um, and her, her blood was kept producing those. So she's, the doctor said, you know, it's, it's a pretty manageable thing. A lot of people have it. Um, and a lot of people have it don't even know it. So here's some medicines we're going to get on. And, and we started this journey down this road called essential thrombocythemia. The essential part just means they don't know what caused it. Um, yeah, so they, yeah, anyways. Um, so we started walking down this road. And I began to think about well, what does God say about healing? Like, can I expect any help from Him? I mean, we all pray when we get sick, right? Um, but do we, do we still expect that God would answer those prayers? Um, so we started, we read every word of the Bible together, um, looking for what the Bible had to say about healing. And we started uh, listening to sermons and podcasts, and we'd go to conferences, and Anytime somebody was talking about healing, we wanted to be a part of that. So we started, um, we just started kind of really diving into that. Um, as part of that, um, we ended up in, in Africa, in Mozambique, because we heard there's some people there, and there's me in Africa. Um, there, we heard some people who were there in Africa that um, had this incredible healing ministry. 
In fact, they said that um, in this ministry, they'd go to these, these villages. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But they said that any time a deaf person came, if they were Mozambican, they were healed. They said 100% of the time. They're like, I've got to go see this. And let me tell you, like, it, if, you were, if you were questioning, this is for free. If you're questioning this kind of thing, if you do what it takes to find the answer. Don't take my word for it. Don't take somebody else's word for it. Do what it takes to find the answer. Go wherever it needs to go. Pay whatever you got to pay. Go find the answer. God says, if you seek, you'll find. So we found ourselves in Mozambique, and um, kind of a miraculous way that we got there. Um, we, we, we showed up there, and their evangelism strategy, which I love, was every weekend they sent teams out into the bush, and um, they'd go, they'd show the Jesus film in, in their language, so in this case, Makua. And then they would have somebody, you know, preach a little bit, and then they would, they would say, um, okay, now, if you have anything wrong with you physically, come on up, we'll pray for you, you'll be healed. And so I found myself in this, in this place in Africa where there hasn't been that many people who look like me there, and um, preaching to these people um, who haven't heard the gospel all that much. And then the translator says to them, okay, so here's our prayer team. They come from all over the world to, to minister to you, and all you have to do is go up to them and, and, uh, and tell them where, you know, what the problem is. And since you can't speak their language, just point to what the problem is. They'll pray for you. You'll be healed. And then they turned music up really loud, and they looked at us and say, "All right, you guys are the prayer team. Go." And we're like, oh, "Okay, God." Um, here we go, right? And so uh, people started coming up to us, and, and they point. You know, the first guy came to me and pointed his head, so I figured some kind of head problem. And it's loud. And, I mean, it's Africa, so everybody's dancing, and, um, and it's, it's chaotic. And I'm, I'm just trying to like keep my head above water here. Like, I, I don't know that I have anything to offer, right? I, I'm still just wondering about this whole thing myself. But I say, okay, um, Jesus' name, you know, heal that head. And the guy, the guy goes, oh, okay, and he goes, like, scoops off. And the next guy, he's like, oh, my shoulder, like, you know, I said, okay, uh, be healed in Jesus' name, shoulder. And he goes, oh, all right. And he, he goes, oh, skips and off dancing. And um, a guy beside me, starts, uh, and this is a, a pretty uh, charismatic group, so he starts what I think is praying in tongues, and um, he's just kind of shouting, and, and this other guy comes up and says, like, you're speaking my language. This is like a remote bush language that nobody speaks, and you're speaking it. And we, and we see these miracles, like healings and miracles. Uh, we saw, on that trip, we saw food multiply. There wasn't enough food to go around for all these people we were trying to feed, but we just kept giving out the last bit of food and the last bit of food and the last bit of food and this whole line full of the last bit of food and start seeing all this stuff, you know, like this remarkable, like, uh, maybe maybe it's for today, you know, maybe the stuff that we get to read about in the Bible, maybe that's that's not gone, you know, maybe we get to participate in that in, in today and so when we came home, you know, we were like, let's try it at home. So I would start like, like as I'm walking through the grocery store, if I see somebody with like a, like a knee brace on, I, I would just stop them and see if I could pray for them. And, and sometimes they let me, sometimes they didn't. And, or if, you know, you know, a brace on the wrist, or if I felt like somebody was sick, or like, I would just, I was just stopping people and praying for them all the time because I, I had to know. 
it, not knowing wasn't an option because my wife has got this, this blood disorder thing and I have to know, right? And so, you know, I did, I, did, I saw some incredible things. I, 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 saw, um, I saw people get healed. Um, I saw a lot of times when they didn't get healed. And um, I began, began to wonder and, and, and kind of struggle with this. Like, I, I don't know why. Why is it that, that this person got healed and this person didn't? So with that struggle, a couple years is, is going by and we get this opportunity to go back to Mozambique. So we decide, yeah, we're going to go back to Mozambique and this time we're going to take um, our three kids, um, our adopted daughter at that time had moved out of the house, so the three younger ones. Um, this was a, a couple years ago. And so we are going to go back, and so we took the five of us to Mozambique, and we spent ten weeks there, the entire summer. Um, and we did a lot of the same things. Uh, we saw just miracles and, and healings and, and people coming to Jesus. They planted in that, in that region in a little less than 20 years. 20,000 churches have been planted because of this. So they, they would do this, and then, you know, Lots of people would come to Christ, and they would send somebody to be their pastor to the to the to the base where we were, and, and they had a pastor training school, and so they trained with their pastor, then they in the church, and there they go, they're off and running. Twenty thousand churches in northern Mozambique um, because of this type of ministry. So we got to go in there, we got to learn, we got to be a part of all that. We got to uh, we got to go to a village. Um, I have a little blonde-headed daughter who is. I think seven at the time, and uh, when we showed up, <laughs> they had never seen little blonde-headed girls, and so it was really fun. Like uh, we'd wake up in our tent, and they'd be like looking at us, like they sleep too. You know? <laughs> um, and during that time, um, let let me back up one step. Just before we went to Africa, my wife is still on this medication for this thrombocythemia thing. And it's really harsh medication. It's, it's just a lower form of chemotherapy, so she's sick all the time. Um, you know, we're praying for her, but we, we, we're trusting God that she's going to be able to handle this trip to Mozambique. And then um, I accidentally threw away her medicine. Like, it was in like a pile of stuff that I thought was trash, and it wasn't trash, and I threw it away, and the garbage man came in, and it's gone. And this wasn't medicine that we could just, like, go and get some more of. It's... It was like three thousand dollars a month medicine that you know we couldn't we couldn't afford, right? We're on this program that gave it to us, but um, you know if we ask for more, there's an audit and all this stuff. We just couldn't do that. So um, so she decided that she was going to just be off of it for a little bit and and watch the numbers. And we've tried to get off the, the medicine before during this time, and her numbers would just go crazy, like like way like the doctor calls you have to get on the medicine you're going to stroke out and die like, immediately to get on the medicine. So uh, I threw away her medicine. Um, she wasn't as mad as you would think. Um, and, and so we just started monitoring, and the numbers held. And the numbers held. And a month went by, and the numbers held. Another month went by, and the numbers held. So we went to Mozambique the second time with no medicine. And uh, during this time, while we were in Mozambique the second time, she had this vision of Jesus coming and giving her a blood transfusion. And, um, and we thought, this is it. This is what we've been praying for for all this, all this time. 
And this is like, this has been like seven years now of praying all the time. We have God healer. And, and during this time, we've seen people healed. During the time, we see all these miracles, but we don't see it here. And then finally, we get ours, right? And we're like, we're so thankful. We're so grateful. So we, um, we come back, and um, she goes for a, a checkup, and I'm thinking, man, this is the doctor's office. This is a doctor's appointment that is going to be a good one, right? We've had lots of bad ones. This is going to be a good one. They're going to say, hey, you're, we don't understand it, but it's all good. And, uh, but that's not the case. Uh, they took a bone marrow biopsy, and they found out that her, um, her disease had transferred into something called myelofibrosis which just means um, scar tissues began to form on the inside of her bones and it was choking out her ability to produce blood and, um, and it, it was, it was um, a very serious thing and people um, you know, died from that. You can't, if you can't produce blood, you have no immune system, you have no blood system, right? And, and so um, this, this bomb went off. Like, we, we left that office and sitting in the car, I, I, I just, we just couldn't hold it together anymore. It was so disappointing and so frustrating. Um, it was truly a day of evil for us. Um, because we had it. We had what we had been praying for for so long. And we had seen so many miracles. And we, and we finally had ours. And we were, we were praising God. And it just didn't make sense. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? He's not getting any glory if she dies of cancer. You know? Um... And it's just a really dark day of evil. Um, so we decide to uh, to get a bone marrow transplant. Um, it turns out her sister is a perfect match for her, which is pretty uh, rare, um, but she was. And so we go and um, we drive up to Denver. She's she's going to be in Denver for about six months doing this thing, and um, on our way up to Denver, um, it's a pretty, pretty long road, you know, I-25 is a bummer, <laughs> um, People who go through this, uh, this process, this, this treatment, um, if they survive it, it's curative. It fixes you if you survive it. Uh, the downside is only half of the people who try it survive it. Um, they, they give you what they call oblative conditioning, which means they kill everything in your, all of your, your bone marrow and lots of other stuff through chemotherapy, completely wipe you down to zero, and then they, they put in these stem cells that they've gotten from your sister, and the stem cells magically know to make whatever they make. It's one of God's greatest creation, stem cells. And, um, and then eventually you get your, your bone marrow back, and, it, and it's supposed to work. Um, so we go up there, and um, we're, we're trying to figure out how to, how to make this thing work for us. How, how are we going to, like, am I going to be there? Am I going to be here with my three kids? And my, you know, so we're up there, and I spend a week up there, and then I come home for a week, and then I spend a week up there and come home for a week. And... Um, I stayed up there for the first month, though, um, and uh, we were just living this giant, long day of evil, and 
we were being tossed around. And we, we were desperate. We were desperate for this shield of faith. We needed something. Because in those moments, right, and you guys know this, in those moments, the lies start coming, the fiery darts start coming. God's really not that good, you know? You don't, it's probably a problem with you. You probably just don't deserve it. You probably don't have enough faith. Um, and, and maybe our, our day of evil is a little different than yours, but what I've learned is everybody's suffering is, is significant to them. Every, everybody suffers max, right? When you're in the situation you're in, it feels like, it feels like death. And it can be a, a sickness. It can be a sickness of a child. It can be you know, a loss of, of an identity somehow. It can be a loss of a church home or, or somehow there's some betrayal going on. I mean, we've all, we've all been there. And we've all had these, these moments when we're like, God, we're dying for you. We are sitting here on this altar dying and all I want to hear is something from you because all I hear is that you're not good enough and you're not going to be there for me. Right? Am, am I the only one in the room who's ever experienced this? Or have you experienced this? Like, you're just, you're just not enough. Like, God doesn't really love you. He's not who he says he is. It's all believe. It's all make-believe. It's all fake. You guys are just, you're just going through this time and, and all these lies, right? And you're, you're just desperate. You're just desperate. Now, I didn't know this before, um, before I started studying for this, this sermon. But the shield of faith actually has a couple of features on it that I, I experienced. The first one is that it, um, it's not a small one. It's not like this. It's not like a little round thing. It's the big thing. It looks like a door, right? And you can, you can get all behind it and, and you know, um, you can be totally protected by it. The second thing is, is, is that it attaches to its, its, the guy's beside it. So if I'm in a line with my buddies and we all got these shields, um, they attach together and they form like a wall. And then, so the way the, the, the Romans would do it, they call it the turtle formation, right? So there's a line of guys and they had the front and then the second line, they would attach theirs together and put it like up on top, right? And then they, and they were wet. So like actually when the fiery arrows would come, they would you know, bury themselves in the top or in the side, and it would actually extinguish these these fiery arrows. And and the darts are not like you know not like darts like we play; they're like like javelin. You know, so like it would do this, and, and it's just it's such a, a great picture of community, and that's what we experienced. Our community came around us. Um, I I couldn't even begin to tell you um, how many gifts we we were given. Um, and, and well wishes, and I didn't cook a meal for a year. We had people just constantly giving us food, constantly being there with us. Um, and I want to tell you about one specific time. So we were up there, and um, she had gotten the trans, gotten the transplant. She got the new stem cells, and it, and it looked like they were going to start take, but they're still like you know, pretty shaky ground. Some of our friends um, came up and we just sat in our room and um, in the hospital and we just started worshiping God together. And I think I have a, I have a picture of that. There's Z. Um, that, that pole right there it has a direct port into her chest and has given her, her medicine and chemo and everything else. 
um, all day long. Um, we weren't allowed, you know, because she had no immune system, we weren't allowed to go very far. So we had a little hallway we could walk. If you walk it 12, mile, 12 times, it was a mile. So her whole world was a twelfth of a mile. And we were in this and we were declaring God's goodness in the situation with our friends who would come up and, and, and held up these shields for us. And I'm telling you, church, the fiery darts are silenced when your friends and you come up and declare his goodness. And, you, and you're willing to say, I don't get it, this situation, I just don't understand it. But I know that God is good. I know that he's good. And so we kept, we sang, and some of the nurses came in and started singing with us. And this was a turning point for me in my heart. And I know I'm making, I'm making her, you know, her, her thing all about me right now. But um, in my heart, this is a turning point for me. For me. I was able to, once again, understand, yeah, God, you're good. I didn't understand it here, but I understood it here because I kept declaring it. You're good. You're good. I love you. You're good. Even in this, even in this, you're good. Even in this, you're good. Z had a, had a dream um, one time while we were in the situation. She was taken up to, uh, to the throne room of heaven. And I guess the nearer you are to death, the more you get this kind of stuff, maybe. I don't know. She started getting this kind of stuff all the time. Um, she was up in the, in the throne room of, of heaven, and um, there were all these people, and they were all dancing and worshiping before the Lord. And, um, and there were some people that were like, like had this special like, light on them, this special kind of glow about them. And she asked, you know, what are these people? And, uh, and she heard, these are people who are praising me through suffering. And there's a special kind of worship that you get to participate in when you're suffering. That it really, really blesses God. It really blesses God. And it really engages something in the spiritual realm that helps. It's the shield of faith. When you're holding on with your friends, this is, he's good. And you're holding on, even though it doesn't look like it, there's a special thing that happens. Um, so beyond him you know, giving us this community. He, he gave me this um, scripture. Psalms 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I'm telling you, I, I quoted that a, a thousand times. Now, you know, 20 times a day I would say this thing. Even though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you with me. You're with me. You're with me. Even though I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will not fear this thing. I will fear no evil. All day long, I would be saying this. And then I started seeing 234 everywhere. I looked, like, every time I looked at the clock, it was 234, or like, you know, this, these, these reminders of this. Um, I can't tell you how important that became to me, that I kept holding on to the word in faith. And I learned about the valley of the shadow of death. I learned that it's, it's actually, death is a shadow. It can't actually hurt you. It just changes your perspective. It darkens the light but it doesn't actually do anything. And if you walk through by faith, not by sight, if you walk through by faith, then you get to the green grass and the calm waters, and you get to find peace in all this. When you're holding on to the fact that God is good and that he's present, he's with me, he's with me, he's with me, he's with me, he's good and he's with me. Because a good God who's not with you is not that much help. A good but distant God is not that much help when you're in the soup, you know? I need God to be Emmanuel, God with me. 
And I'm here to tell you, church, He is. And that's the faith that we take up. We take up the shield of faith and we say, I, I don't see it, but I'm walking by faith that you are good and that you're with me and I'm here with my community and we're holding this together and we're walking through. And that's where we get the peace that passes understanding. This peace that passes what's going on, it transcends your situation. It doesn't matter what your situation is. It can be cancer, it can be anything. The peace that transcends that only comes when we have the faith and we walk ahead in what we know to be true, not what we see to be true. The, the great part is, though, once you get through it, you, you see it too. You know, you get to see it as well. Um, I guess to wrap up the story, she's doing great. Um, she's, uh, let's see, about almost two years out, October will be two years out. Um, she still has some energy issues, but um, she's doing great, so um, praise God. And um, I've heard her say this, the growth that we experienced, that she experienced through this process, it's been about 10 years now, the growth that we experienced in these last 10 years, we wouldn't take it and trade it if we could. And... Um, I think that I'm there. <laughs> I wasn't there at times, but I think that I'm there because I see I, I, I've got to experience God as the rescuer because I was in desperate need of rescue. I had to see God as, as peace because I was in desperate, desperate need of peace. Um, let me wander back to my notes. I haven't seen them in a while. Um, let me say this. Uh, Go ahead and turn, turn to the next slide. This is what I want to say to you today. I said all that just to say to this. Shared faith that God is both good and present despite the circumstances will extinguish flaming arrows. If you wanted to boil everything down, if you zoned out or whatever, this is what I wanted to share with you. Shared faith that God is both good and present despite the circumstances will extinguish flaming arrows. And that's the truth, church. That's the truth. Um, Mike said that I could end it however I wanted to. So uh, here's what I want to do. Um, Nate, would you go ahead and come on up and maybe play some music? Um, I want to give you an opportunity. Um, I, I, I didn't do everything perfect. I, I'm not a perfect, but I found a path, a path to peace in hard times. And I want to pray for you if you need that. And, and it can, you know, whatever your, whatever your situation is, I'm not, I'm not sure, I don't know you, but I know the answer. I know that God is available to you. And if you want prayer for that, I would be, I would be honored to, to pray for you, to pray with you. And let me just go ahead and add also, if you don't, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never experienced this peace that passes understanding, um, don't go home today before you talk to somebody. Um, let me tell you, it is a great way to live. I don't know how people suffer without it. I know that everybody suffers. I don't know how people suffer without it. I really don't. If you don't know him, please, he's not hard to find promises if you seek you will find them 
And that's in any situation, whether you know him or not. If you seek, you'll find him. So would you would you stand with me?